Hello and welcome back to the Football Roundup, Energy Sports' longest-running football show. My name is Jack Donnelly and on today's show we discuss the weekend's action in both the Scottish Premiership and the English Premier League and look ahead to some cup action in Scotland as well as some Nations League playoff semi-finals, especially ours against Israel. As always, I'm joined by Struan Garvey and Sean McGill and to round out today's panel, we've brought back one of the show's originals, originals purely on a Tottenham Hotspur basis. Gregor Kerr, it's good to have you back. Thanks, you've dug me up from the graves in the Americaston. Cheers. <laughs> we have indeed. How, how's the uh, graduated life treating you? It's absolutely horrendous. Don't graduate. <laughs> <laughs> it's really, really bad. I actually start officially working tomorrow. Not as a oh, journalist wow. in stress. Oh, oh uh, wow. But, uh, I can't disclose who it is, but I start work at 6am. So. Oh, that's oh. just not very fun. I don't, don't... Stay at uni. Stay, <laughs> at, uni. Stay at uni for <laughs> as long as possible. <laughs> That's the idea. <laughs> uh, as always, <laughs> as always, <laughs> we start this week's. Uh, we start with this week's big question, and uh, I want to touch on uh, mental health awareness week commencing over in America today. And just with that in mind, I want to know everyone's happiest memory in football. Struan, I know how pessimistic you can usually be, but try, try and be a bit happy for this one. Give us yours. Twenty first of May, two thousand and sixteen. On that day, Hibs won the Scottish Cup, and Man United won the FA Cup. Just, just a excellent day for you. Wasn't it was a fantastic it? day. It was also a gala day in my local area. <laughs> oh, that's what rounds it out. Not, not, that, not the football. That, that was the pinnacle of the day. That was the, the best part was the waltzers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to the ice cream van and check this one to see live scores. He's like, yes. My uh, my granddad, who's a Rangers fan as well, was up at the time. Stormed off that day. Oh, that would have been. I mean, good, good. Fun. I think I, I remember. I was. I can't remember what I was doing, but I was surrounded by Rangers fans on one side, and then just non-Rangers fans on the other, and and the look of elation on their faces when uh, Hibs scored the winner, and just the absolute shock and horror on everyone else's. It was it was beautiful to see. Gregor, you're not in a similar mind with this one, are you? You thinking you thinking something I was similar? Like, I was uh, out of my body at that time, so I can't remember. That. <laughs> <laughs> to be quite honest, um, I'm trying to think. I mean, the most fun I've had. I remember there was a period when Pochettino was at Tottenham, and I think within the space of a week, it sounds irrelevant. Within the space of a week, they beat Leicester six one and Hull seven one, and I was like, it just doesn't get better than this, does it? You just beat Hull. <laughs> um, just I think the most fun I've had. The most fun I've had was ironically under. There was a game under Paul Heckenbottom, strangely enough, and it was like towards the end of the season. We had nothing to play for, and we played away to Kamarnock. I think Kamarnock like ended. Up, I think he got third maybe that day or the, or the week later, and just no one cared. Nobody cared about the game whatsoever. <laughs> I don't remember a thing from the game. Like, I don't bro- think had a shot penalty. Yeah, brophy penalty yeah, in yeah, early yeah. in the first half. Yeah, and everyone was just like not compass mentis whatsoever, just there for a laugh. Like we were cheering every time we got a corner and stuff like that. <laughs> Brilliant. I, don't, that, I, think, I think that's the most fun I've had at a game. I was going to say, I think I remember you going. I think I remember you saying, no, I'm just going yes. and I'm just not caring about the game in the slightest. <laughs> well, the thing is, that was actually, the part of that was, that was two days after Tottenham Ajax. So it was just like, oh. it was just like the after, it was like the after party. <laughs> after party in Kilbarnock. Yeah, see that? It was the after party. See, that 7-1 victory over Hull, was Harry Maguire still at Hull for that? So was Robertson, I think. Something's <laughs> changed, clearly. <laughs> He's been, he, they've been in the end of a few dishings, haven't they? Aye, it's been unfortunate for some, but fortunate for others, I suppose. Sean, how about you? What was, what's your happiest day in football? 
Um, it's a toss up between two. Luckily, I've I've managed to see my team win a trophy. Uh, they beat Celtic in the twenty twelve League Cup final, which was obviously a brilliant day. But I think I preferred finishing third in the last day of the season. That was my nineteenth birthday. I was absolutely hanging. It was a Sunday. If you ask me for a hangover cure, I always suggest just go watch a football team beat Rangers and finish third because it honestly sorted me right out. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it's a last minute penalty to finish third for the first time in six. Like beating Rangers would be good enough, mm-hmm. but uh, considering the circumstances, yeah, that's probably the, the happiest I've ever been. Steve Clark's last hurrah. And then they announced he was leaving on the pitch, and then I started creating a control. <laughs> I started coming back, dude. <laughs> Flag over, kicks back in. This is the worst day I've had. <laughs> that night, minutes, it just right, gets man. absolutely turned in its head because Clark's going, I am away. <laughs> The funny thing is about the Scottish Cup game with Hibs is that I don't even remember, like, the feeling wasn't even being happy, I was just tired. Like, I didn't feel anything. <laughs> I, I, genuinely. I was honestly just exhausted by the time I got back to Edinburgh. Like, I didn't even go out and leave, I just went straight home. Wow. Knackered. <laughs> Knackered. It's tiring winning cups, it really is. <laughs> That's when they had to give themselves the, the 100 odd years to recharge. <laughs> Thankfully, we don't do it too often. <laughs> Unfortunately, unfortunately, Air United are just full of energy all the time. They never get tired, <laughs> clearly. Well, I mean, if we find a way to win it, what is it, the week, four days before Christmas, good God almighty. <laughs> it's the <laughs> festive anyway, so you're going to be happy. I, I think Hibs could maybe do with a bit... Maybe Hibs could do with a bit more energy. Perhaps a new sponsor would help with that. Oh, he has done that. <laughs> he, has, he has done that. Now, what you, I don't possibly know what you're alluding to there, Stuart, but we'll jump on that in a wee bit of time. I suppose uh, the best probably moment, 19th of May 2012. Uh, also you... my birthday. Was that your birthday? It oh, doesn't well, change year by year, it's actually the same day, that's how birthdays work. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, just uh, watching Chelsea go through the ring for 88 minutes, 1 0 down late on, then Didier Jogba's beautiful head, burying one top corner, and then he step- gives, gives away a penalty, and then I, I think tears were in my eyes at that. And check saved it, and I'm screaming at the TV at the top of my lungs, and then he, he just goes and scores the winning penalty, and I've never, I, I don't think I've actually ever celebrated like that for anything. That that was genuinely the pinnacle of, of uh, football and well, I say that, but I think the most fun I've ever had a day at football was uh, it's because of weird, but it was Air Three Partick Two at the start of last season. And it's a it's a weird game, but I think we uh, Air went two 0 down as as we tend to do. In part, to get two men sent off, and uh, despite that, it, it took until the 80th minute to get the third goal. Stephen Kelly, who is at um, Ross County now on loan, he scored the winner, and I genuinely thought I was going to have a heart attack because we'd been getting tanked up before the game, and I, I was I was already kind of uh, feeling a wee bit worse for wear, but that that just about set me over the edge. I don't quite know how I, how I survived it. Just on. That Chelsea Cup final, um, the Champions League one. Do you remember the other Cup final that day? It's a five-one game, isn't it? It was, yeah. Oh, was that the? F- I had oh. <laughs> oh. someday I really did. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm actually kind of glad that it happened when I was younger because if it happened now, I think I would have. I think I would have handled it a lot worse. Yeah. <laughs> no, genuinely, genuinely. 
Oh, well, we're, we're glad, you, glad you handled it better when you were younger than Gregor. I know. I'm just trying to think of other... There was another a very brief one, I just want to quickly mention, was because uh, I was talking about yesterday, we had played the Faroese team a couple of years ago, in NSI Runevik in Europa, and it was uh, the most mad like conditions I've ever seen in a game. It was like foggy as hell. It was in the Faroes, so, so of course it was. And F.A. Ambrose scored a goal that nobody has ever seen. It was that foggy. No one's ever seen the goal. <laughs> <laughs> just throwing it in the net. Yeah, it could have gone on anything, and like the only people that have seen that goal is F. A. Ambrose and the goalkeeper for Runovic. But I still want to see it. <laughs> the goal that never was. Gregor, so you're talking about uh, Hibs fans just having a good time at Rugby Park. It reminded me of yeah. that same season where sort of Greg Stewart was yeah. at his best for Kelly and out, completely out playing oh, Hibs, the but floodlights. the floodlights kept going off and Hibs, Hibs fans <laughs> were genuinely celebrating the floodlight going off like it was a goal. <laughs> <laughs> they were getting absolutely gobbed that this game might get called off. They went out three times. The third time was like a genuine, like a 90th minute winner. Like they were going mental. <laughs> Apparently they were like they were chanting for like the floodlights to go off for a third time. They were like shouting for it. <laughs> the Julia Ward, you didn't hear much about the Hibs fans that day, but every time the floodlights went out, they were they were going mental. It didn't matter. They clearly won three 0 in the end. So peak Hibernian, yeah. <laughs> peak <laughs> bottom, I think. As it, as it would be probably. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, well, anyway, so, the football. Uh, the football. The football. We <laughs> talk about the uh, We usually kick off our discussion by taking a look at how things went up here in Scotland, but. After what we've seen, uh, a prime weekend of Barclays, we can all agree, we can't not discuss that first. Struan? Yes. <laughs> you know we've got to talk about it. It's Everton, isn't it? It's Calvert-Lewin scoring again. Eventually we'll get to that, but <laughs> why don't you tell us what on earth happened at Old Trafford on Sunday afternoon as Manchester United were embarrassed by Tottenham Hotspur with Jose Mourinho's side running out as 6 one winners So... See, when you spend 80 million of the Queen's finest silver on a defender, <laughs> you'd probably hope that that defender could defend. But what we've discovered is... <laughs> Does he want that? <laughs> that, that? That's not the case at the moment. Um, I'd be absolutely lying if I said I didn't turn it off as soon as Martial was sent off and the third one went in. Well, to- Tottenham's third. It was actually the fourth of the match. The of the United got a penalty after 30 seconds, and I was absolutely buzzing. I thought, oh, fantastic. Here we go. N- nice, easy win, hopefully. But, um, nope. Joseph managed to pat Ollie on the head at the end as well. <laughs> you, you know he's been waiting 10 months to do that. Did you see his little look? Did you see his little look? Yep. Like, it's like breaking the fourth wall in a film, isn't it, when you just stare directly at the camera or something like that? It's... What do you think Mourinho would have been like if there was fans in that stadium? Oh, that would that would have been Do you know what I think? I, I, I think some fans probably would have started chanting his name. I genuinely think United fans probably would have. It's... I think he would have like jumped in the straight for end or something. <laughs> Do you remember what he did when uh, when when United beat Tottenham in the one 0 result? And he kind of held his hand up to his ear. Oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah. I, I wouldn't even be surprised if he did the exact same thing. I, I think thought just... I genuinely when they got the penalty, I was like, "This is it." Like, I thought that was going to be one 0 I, I don't know why. You just thought it would have ended there for the first 30 <laughs> seconds of the match. It was, well, really, it, it, if, if, it was very much like, oh, I've seen this story before, haven't I? Mm, yeah. But I haven't. It, but no one saw <laughs> that story <laughs> coming. Maybe if Luke Shaw was actually allowed to defend without being held back. Yeah, and I, I quite literally say. mean being held back physically by his own teammate. <laughs> and Dombley's going clean through. And Luke Shaw's going across the cover. Harry Maguire just goes, no, let him through, holds him back. <laughs> As if he's about to start on him. <laughs> I've never, th- I've never seen anything like that. Eighty million pounds 
and you're the only person you're defending is your own teammate against an attack. Get a penalty for that, following your own player. <laughs> <laughs> Probably United penalty actually. It, it was a spe- it was yeah. a penalty, penalty they got or whatever happened. The red card, I suppose, that caused uh, Soonest to get called into question for a couple of his comments. Didn't oh, did you see? Did you see Sky apologising at the end? Oh, did they have? Did, did they, 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 they yeah. apologise? The very end of the whole broadcast, like at like like two in the morning, they apologised for it basically. Oh. Two in the morning. Too little, too late. He's just kind of sitting there, like, oh well. Could you imagine that? Uh, he doesn't care. <laughs> I've said it now. Coverage of deadline day comes up, nine o'clock this morning, Jim White. And before the transfers, we've got an apology coming in from Graham Sinus last night. A shocking departure as Graham Sinus leaves Sky Sports after such news. Ever quit as well, didn't he? So. Ever said he's just tearing up his contract. That was heartbreaking, man, honestly. Like... Sean, I was going to say that. Like, I mean, the result like it did what it did to produce Evra. We saw uh, David Jones asking, like, what did you expect to Man United? And it just Took him a second, and he just went nothing. Like that—that that was de- really depressing to watch. But there were the more reactionary fans that took to Twitter, and they were demanding a sign of Jaden Sancho straight away. But surely a hundred million pound winger doesn't prevent this. If United sign Jaden Sancho, the best score is probably six-two. Yeah, that is the single most United thing I've ever just lost six-one, but we need Sancho, don't we? Like that, you, that's not going to sort out that disaster of a defence and it might make some fans happy but United have done this for years and years they've made those big signings so they can look like they're being really progressive they can make the, the headlines and all that sort of stuff but it's not going to sort out the genuine problems at that club <laughs> Do you know what's even worse is when they do make a big signing in the area they need to improve and it still doesn't work in Harry <laughs> Maguire's case <laughs> That's true actually, yeah. like, I just feel like no matter who they sign it won't work I don't know what it is it's just um, like, I don't, I'm I don't not believing curses in football, but <laughs> but if there was to be one, <laughs> with exactly. with Ollie, you just whoever you sign, you're just not going to get the best version of that player. I'm afraid. I, ju- I just love the amount of the amount of memes that come out of Ollie, and it's just always that kind of po- like positive post match press conference, <laughs> like, and it's always like, oh, who knew Josie had the enemy? <laughs> it's, all, it's all stuff like that. Under Jose Mourinho, a back four of Ashley Young, Valencia, Smalling, and Jones rotating with Rojo kept the most clean sheets in the league. Got the hair, golden that's his, best, that's his best result at Old Trafford as well, and he managed them. <laughs> he never scored more than four uh, than four goals at United as well, and he's scored five plus at Tottenham about five times already. I think it was it was the uh, Maccabi uh, Twitter account. I've seen like they tweeted Man United. <laughs> I just got them in a bad week, didn't we, lads? <laughs> I, I'm not I'm not kidding when I say Maccabi was a tougher game. Wow, I mean they had eleven men, so you'd expect so. <laughs> Maccabi though, just like they just they, they just kept hammering it from thirty yards, and it was like it was quite effective actually. I, I mean, I mean they well, got two Fred wasn't on the pitch to take those long shots. To be fair, that's true. This is true, Gregor. What what did you? This is the game we brought you back for. Essentially, we just we just wanted to <laughs> because we were, we, were, we were about to bring you back for <laughs> kicked off. After that. <laughs> that's fifty minutes done. We, we yeah. were we were we wanted to get your thoughts on the on the bail uh, transfer as well when that happened because. Like I, I messaged you talking about uh, Energy Sport Live, and you just sent me back a picture of Gareth Bale in response. In the, in response <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, "I've got you, like, I got you a good time." So just just talk us through your experience of this match. Like, I mean, from from just the scoreline coming in, you said you didn't get the chance yeah. to watch it off mm. air, but I mean, I was um, I was out for a meal, and there was actually a wedding going on nearby. I'm like, I just wanted to like scream the house down at the wedding. Honestly, I wanted to gate crash it completely. Um, 
I don't know. I was just, I mean, I was keeping up to date like everyone else, like through Messenger, because like during that game, like Twitter, Facebook was just going crazy, and I just keep seeing messages like Gregor, it's four. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I genuinely. I, I didn't know what to do. I didn't. I didn't expect that. But there's there's a very Pochettino kind of feel with this team. I don't know what it is. I think because there's a threat from everywhere. Mm-hmm. There's genuinely every position as a threat. And Dombly, Dombly, by the way, what a player he's looking mm-hmm. like. Nice. And Dombly was tremendous. Even Hoiberg was like setting up attacks. I mean, you've got the. Um, I thought Lamella had a decent game. Son and Kane are ridiculous at the minute and. The one for me that changes the way they play is regular. It's just it's a completely different team with him in there instead of Davis. The player that A can trap a ball, B can run with the ball, and three can cross the ball. Mm. And that's just changed the whole dynamic of that team and the threats that they have. And I don't know, it it does seem like a kind of Pochettino esque kind of team. Strangely, it, the, the strangest thing to me. I mean, was it's his it was players. You did yeah. that, so it was a Jose Mourinho, a Jose Mourinho team rather. Uh, it was a weird high. Scored six two. goals. You, mm. you, you you never see that now. We we we've been uh, against Jose and his kind of pragmatic style for weeks. It seems now, and then he just goes and scores thirteen goals in two games. Well, to be fair, Jack, if there's anything you do see now, is that so? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> um, we're used to it now. We're going to be disappointed next week when it's a one 0 It's interesting with Hoiberg because I think it was Guardiola at Bayern Munich that spoke really highly of him, and then it never quite worked out. There went to Southampton, and it looks like he he's was, finally um, going to fulfil that potential. I was guilty actually when they played Everton. I was guilty of just basically calling him a clogger and stuff like that. <laughs> I, 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 I could, I generally couldn't be further from the truth. He was, he was really impressive. I think he. I mean, I say Regulon was a difference, but I think he was another very important signing because I think the reason he couldn't play in Dombley last year is because, well, one, he didn't really want to defend. He didn't have the fitness to defend. And now that Hoiberg can do that part for him, he can basically play and create and run. He's running. He's actually He's running, running in Dombley. <laughs> They've made him run. And I think, I don't know, there's a lot of players that do make the difference. There's a lot of players that make the difference. And Son and Kane are both fit now as well. So mm. I was fuming that Son played. I was absolutely mm. fuming because Mourinho said that he, he would be out for a while and I took him out my fantasy team. Classic, you would say. Tricking so sharp. What a nasty man. Tricking everyone. I, I, I was more angry than... I think I'm more angry than Solskjaer was, to be honest. I actually... Um, I, I did... I heard rumours that he was going to be fit, so I kept him in the fantasy team. I also kept him Kane. A lovely little bit that was. Yeah, you'll, you'll have done quite well. I've not looked since uh, since yesterday. Well, see, well, Jack, we... Um, I don't want to change to the other <laughs> show. You've got... <laughs> But um, on the Fantasy Ramble League, we were actually bottom at the start we of were. this week. Both bo- 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 yeah. the two of us were 40th and 41st. And now it's just you that's bottom. Oh, ha- oh, I've, gone- oh I've actually gone bottom. <laughs> I've just seen I am bottom of the league. That's some jump for you, Gregor. You're- I don't know where have you gone. What? On the first match week, I got 15 points. <laughs> How have you done this? I don't know. But I've got a feel for one of my pals... Um, he is, he's bottom of our league and his bench got more points than the start on the level this week. <laughs> Stuart, that was like you this bench. week. Yep. 41st. Fantastic stuff. Why did why I host podcasts? You know what I mean? Like, I clearly don't know anything about football. See, see this week. 41st at 41. Alexander-Arnold and Van Dyke took three points off me. I Robertson got me. Like I, I was sitting, It didn't help, but I would have been bottom anyway, but Robertson got me minus points as well. Right, actual football. Uh, yeah. Actual, real football. Actual football. I like talking about fantasy. About, I'm glad we've actually talked about Spurs, though, because 
I don't know if this is just because it's my team, but I felt Sky was very much like they didn't actually look at the game itself. Mm-hmm. It was just like okay, they got a man sent off, and you know they need they need signings. They need signings. <laughs> there wasn't you know none, none of the players getting exposed. They need signings. Ah, that that's just always it's just always a quick fix. It's a quick answer, isn't it? Just it was, able to see it was a good signs. game plan. It was a good game plan from Tottenham, mm-hmm. and they worked worked their asses off and they played well. And I mean, United were awful, but they made them look awful. Yeah, mm-hmm. it exposed them for what they actually were. Mm. Uh, well, Old Trafford that wasn't the, uh, didn't produce the only classic of the weekend. Sunday night's match against uh, Villa Park uh, produced one of the most unprecedented and unexpected results of the season. As Aston Villa, who stayed up uh, by a point on the final day of the season last year, scored seven, and that that's the number seven goals past league champions Liverpool in a seven-two victory. Gregor, what the hell did we witness? What what was this? <laughs> An absolute tonking is what we were. <laughs> <laughs> I was a wee bit, I was actually a wee bit annoyed that they kind of stole our thunder a little bit. They were second in the match of the day. Um, that, that, I mean, I, I don't. Every single team doesn't seem capable of defending well. So, I mean, it's been four games so far, but you, I can't name a single team that I've looked at and thought defensively they these look really solid. And I mean Liverpool. I mean, Ad, I mean. Adrian was the, the culpable villain, wasn't he? I think he was. Yeah, it had to be. He, well, I see they've, they're trying to. The rumours this morning is that they're trying to address this backup goalkeeper problem with Paulo Gazaniga. <laughs> <laughs> That's been the rumour this morning. I, I mean, it's deadline day. We're recording what half twelve on deadline day, so he might be a Liverpool player by the time this goes out. We Potentially, don't know. yeah, there's a chance. I don't know, but it's hard to put a finger on that I think there was a case of it was one of those rare occasions that every time Villa did go forward they did score and it was it was ridiculously ruthless and with the deflections it was also ridiculously unlucky yeah true Klopp, Klopp, Klopp made a good point he said that actually offensively this is the best they've looked for a good while in terms of going forward and attacking and creating chances <sighs> it was just the fact that every time Villa went forward they scalped them so it was to a degree a freak result not to take that away from Villa but I think you play that game ten times again, and that result doesn't happen. No, definitely not. I mean, I think we. I think at the end of the day, we do need to give a lot of credit to Villa. Uh, Struan, Liverpool have already taken a lot of the headlines just for chipping seven goals and all the mistakes that they made. But just, I mean, Grealish, Bartley, and Hatchet Hero, Ollie Watkins. Surely they deserve a lot of credit today. Yeah, I think it was like Gregor was saying as well with Tottenham. It's there wasn't really much focus yesterday given on the actual the teams who actually won the matches. It was more on oh United and Liverpool like these they've been destroyed. But I, I think Villa deserve a lot of credit. They started the season so well considering you know, I think a lot of people probably did tip them for relegation given the, the end to last season. Jack Greeley signing his new contract he used phenomenal yesterday. I mean what was it? It was two goals and three assists, I think he got, if I'm right. Yeah, it was that, yeah. Ridiculous. And cap- proper captain's performance he would say. Uh, Sean Gregor touched on it just to put it back on Liverpool I mean you can see what happens when key players are missing and over the last couple of seasons we've seen a lot of fans suggest that Virgil van Dijk has been the most influential player in Liverpool's kind of uh, rise to power but could a greater argument be made for Alisson being the key man at the back line? Um, I don't know I feel like Adrian's had some alright performances for Liverpool maybe not being he's not obviously not the same level but I don't I feel like obviously he's got a mistake in him but I still think if Virgil van Dijk dropped out that defence, you'd see a massive, massive difference. Um, and Joe Gomez's form since the restart is quite worrying, really, because he's mm-hmm. really not been up to it despite... Uh, I've always rated Joe Gomez. I think he's a really good player, but you have to be worried about how he's been performing uh, since lockdown, really. 
And at, at one point, I mean, Jamie Carragher's more likely to be uh, positive about Liverpool. At one point, he just says, you need to get Joe Gomez off. He needs to come mm. off the pitch. And about 20 seconds later, Villa scored another goal <laughs> after a Joe Gomez misplaced pass. So a really, really strange one from Liverpool. Um, it'll be interesting to see if they do end up bringing more additions in because you have to worry about the, the squad depth at centre-back as well. Yeah. If, you're, if you're looking past Gomez or Van Dijk, the options you have aren't great either, really. I mean, I feel I think something... Gomez oh, is definitely, I think Gomez is definitely looking a bit out of form at the minute. I mean, he's still... I don't even think he could be called a young player anymore, but mm. I think that Liverpool defence definitely doesn't look as tight. And there's an, an individual mistakes, like you saw Robertson against Liverpool in the week. Um, I think when he tried to control it, it bounced over his head and Lacazette scored. So there were yeah, he individual left. mistakes that he just didn't make mistake. They didn't make last season. But it's kind of weird that Robertson and um, the Van Dijk and Gomez one because you see Gomez, I feel he charges forward a lot more. And Van Dijk kind of stays back and is kind of more reactive. Mm-hmm. And that just didn't work yesterday because how many times did Gomez go forward and Ollie Watkins had that space to go in behind or Grealish had that space to run in behind and. Usually it's a great combination, but at the moment, there's a bit of flaws there. Do you think that once Thiago kind of comes back into that midfield three at the moment, probably with Henderson, Wijnaldum, Fabinho will probably be the first choice centre-back? It's the only clean sheet Liverpool have kept. Is the yeah, game I thought he was really good that game. When, they, when he completely nullified Chelsea's only real attacking threat in Timo Werner in that game and just looked really composed. I feel like it's been a season for that, just trying to hold the midfielders into centre-backs. We had a bit of a conversation about it a couple of weeks ago. Well, who started that? Steve Clark, Scott McTominay. Thank you. <laughs> Please don't remind me. Do you know who I thought they missed yesterday a bit, actually? And this sounds weird when you ship seven goals, but I thought Manny actually was a bit of a miss. Just, I don't know, the energy that he brings on that mm-hmm. left-hand side. Liverpool just seemed very lacklustre and slow and not reactive, where he's usually the first guy that presses, or one of the first yeah. guys that presses from the front. And, I mean, Firmino, he works hard as well, but Manny's got the speed that he, that he hasn't yeah. got. And they just they looked kind of lethargic up front, not up front, but overall, I think because of that. That last season, they basically had you know like a, the same eleven constantly. They were really lucky with injuries. Now at the moment, they've kind of got three to four players out, and I don't think they've ever had so many first team players out in mm. at, at the same time in like a long time. So I don't know if that's taken a big hit as well. I think for for me, they've just never really been able to find a natural centre back partnership. I mean, it's always just going to be Van Dyke and then. It seems to almost to be a placeholder at our points. I mean, you either had yeah Gomez, you had uh, Joe Matip, uh, Lovren even at points, and even though that never really worked out, it was still an option for them. But Clavan, oh, I completely forgot he he even played football. To be honest, uh, jumping back think, to sort of um, Aston, uh, sorry, uh, jumping back to the the Aston Villa perspective, um, I saw that that's the second time in John McGinn's career that he's. Uh, been part of a team that scored seven plus goals. One last night against uh, the champions of England, Liverpool, that and the other against against Bonnie Rigg Rose. I was at the game against Bonnie Rigg, it was brilliant. It was at Tynecastle as well. Tynecastle, yeah. I think it's Bonnie Rigg's record home attendance at uh, 12,000, 12, 12, <laughs> something like that. Probably wouldn't get in the Celtic team, though, would he? Probably not. Three millions too much for John again. Yeah, apparently. Hibernian uh, did con- uh, tweet a congratulations message just in case uh, just in case anyone was wanting to keep track. Did you see me sign Stephen McGinn as well? All three McGinns. Yeah. I think I think there was a comment that some of the, uh, Miss McGinn's had more impact on this Hibs team than the Hibs Academy have. <laughs> if there's this is this is a proper statal question though. Back to the McGinns. If is there a single family in football that have had three brothers playing for the same team? 
Chelsea in the Hazards? Oh, God. Okay, St. Mirren then, twice. <laughs> I don't I know. Yeah, Aubameyang's brother did play for Kelly, but I don't think Pierre's been did there he? yet. So yeah, we'll, we'll, I did. He did. Willie Aubameyang. Willie Aubameyang. No way. No, there was a there was a there was a family picture recently that went round, and everybody's standing in their Arsenal kit, and you just see this one boy in a Kelly shirt, and I'm thinking, hold on, what's that about? <laughs> And it's like recent. It was over lockdown because it was, like, they're, yeah. they're all wearing the new the Aubameyang <laughs> family are all wearing the new Arsenal kit, and then this guy's got like the 2011 Kelly strip on. <laughs> <laughs> what a guy. Do, you think, do, you think, do you think Pierre's been to Rugby Park then? I don't know. No idea. Possible. Uh, next time, Sean, you never would have known. Maybe the first lady of Libya was there last year when. Uh, uh, oh not, my god. Uh, Wales was there, so. <laughs> Liberia, so not Libya. I got that wrong. Wrong country there. Liberia. Um, yeah, but um, George Wales' wife is yeah, there, so. Be another apology publishing. <laughs> oh my god, Energy Sport Live is just going to start with an apology from Sean today. <laughs> uh, well, t- away from the two biggest results of the weekend, uh, Chelsea got their season back on track with a convincing 4 0 win over Palace at Stamford Bridge. Uh, Stuart, Ben, Chelsea season back on track with a convincing 4 0 win over Palace at Stamford Bridge. Uh, Struan, Ben Chilwell started his first Premier League uh, game for Chelsea and despite a fairly shaky start to the game uh, the left back he opened the scoring and then assisted the second goal scored by my personal hero Kurt Zuma uh, Do you reckon there's some concerns that are uh, surrounding the fact that Timo Werner hasn't uh, actually got up and up and running in the Premier League yet I mean some have uh, taken to calling him uh, the German Pavlochenko and I'm not naming names but there have been some that have called him that <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I think it's a bit early to, to say those concerns, especially with some players missing for Chelsea. I think it is possibly a bit concerning given the the opponents Chelsea have had so far, especially with West Brom that he hasn't had any kind of goals. But I, th- I think they will come. It'll be it'll be one of them where once he starts, he won't stop. And I am continuing to captain captain him You're on my fantasy man. team. Yeah, it's, it's it's just one of them where as soon as I, as soon as I take him out, he's just going to score a hat trick, isn't he? A Vardy situation. Yep. Yep, <laughs> know you all too well from last year. It's a nightmare. Uh, elsewhere, Everton also got another win under their belt with Calvert Lewin scoring once again. Hamas uh, Rodriguez took the headlines though and produced an excellent photograph of himself, uh, holding two fingers up at the camera. And it's good to see the playmaker really adjusting to British culture already. Uh, Sean, it's <laughs> mad to think how far Everton have come under Carlo Ancelotti, and considering that now nah, their match after the international break is the Merseyside derby. The, the, that's probably the first time in years that they've had a legitimate chance at getting a result Yeah, it'll be really, really interesting to see how that Merseyside derby plays out Liverpool uh, obviously have their defensive frailties, I think it's fair to say and uh, Everton have looked fantastic but have been shipping goals as well mm-hmm. um, so a really, really interesting game and I think we're talking about it that if there's a, a season that could throw up or it's really weird or somebody could be challenging uh, when you wouldn't expect them to be, it's probably this one with no fans, and yeah. you can, especially when the European games start kicking, and that schedule for those teams in Europe is brutal. Um, going to be really, it's going to really going to test our squad. Whereas Everton are pretty much playing week to week, and then you've got cup, cup competitions as well. So, I mean, reminds I was, me of the thing about. Yeah, I don't like I don't I don't like shouting the Leicester season anytime someone's mm. a good start mm. as an underdog, mm-hmm. but. It's kind of like how Leicester, they only played once a week and Everton have got the same thing and what is already a madly congested season if you're playing in Europe and going far in the Cups. So that's Conte with Chelsea that's as well. A huge mm-hmm. advantage to them. It's one of them where everyone's no. just kind of cancelling each Robert other out, aren't they, around the top? I know no one really seems to be getting one over another at the moment. I mean, like, 
everyone kind of seems to be on a fairly level playing field in the in the kind of top teams at the moment. Like everybody's dropping points, and no one's really a certain dominance, and that's allowing the likes of Everton and Villa to um, kind of sneak their way sneak their way past the the squabbling pack and end up. There was a moment I'm, in the Everton game where it was absolutely bucketing it down with rain, and Ancelotti had like had his hood up and he took it off, and the guy was like soaked. His hair was a mess. It looked like rugged. I was like, how does he look scouse already? <laughs> eight months and he already looks scouse I love it though I, I know it's transfer deadline days we've just about to and there's been quite a big um, story come out so we mentioned Jaden Sancho it seems that Manchester United have signed a replacement according to Fabrizio Romano and De Marzio in the form of Ahmed Traore from Atalanta who is an 18 year old who will sign in January for 30 million euros what? There's your players answered. There you go, Man United fans. Congratulations on that, three that, successive Premier League titles. Uh, that's thirty million euros with add-ons. What age he was he was born in two thousand and two, so he's eighteen at <laughs> eight, eighteen at the oldest, and he's not going to arrive till January. Wow. However, I was just going to say he's still probably going to be better than Daniel James because he hasn't got a work permit. That's the sorry, one. I'm always sceptical of if you're signing a player like under the age of like 21 because you've not seen him play enough first-team football to know if he's going to be like a really good first-team level player. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He, I mean, he can't have played more than 20 games of first-team football. I'm going to Google this and he's going to be like a regular for them last <laughs> season. He, he apparently is like, the first ever player born in 2002 to score in Serie A. That's all I know about him. And uh, Papu Gomez. He's played three games. He's played three games in Serie A. I just don't know how you can see enough of a player to know, like, it's a huge gamble. How do you warrant that kind of money? That's more than Thiago costs Liverpool. I tell you you money, when you're talking about the fact that uh, Callum Hudson-Odoi was due to go on loan to Bayern Munich with a reported uh, option to buy fee of £70 million after the year before before that got kind of vetoed. £70 million for a man who scored two Premier League goals. I mean, Vinicius Junior went for, or was, it, or was it Rodrigo that was forty million? And he was like 17, 16 years old. I think I think it was Rodrigo, yeah. Jesus Christ. The, um, apparently, Chris Smalling is now also likely to stay at Manchester United. No wonder, to be fair. I was going to say that maybe, that's, maybe that's the solution. Do you know, what I always find interesting about Smalling. Under Van Halen, Mourinho, he was the first choice centre back. He slated a lot, however. Considering who he was playing with, like. I don't yeah. understand why he was getting slated, to be honest, when he had like Rojo and Phil Jones playing week in, week out. Given the fact he was like one of the best centre-backs in Italy last season as well. Mm-hmm. well maybe, maybe that'll kind of fix things. Uh, we're going to move our focus back up to Scotland uh, with all but one of the weekend's Premiership fixtures being played after Kilmarnock's game against Motherwell was postponed due to a cluster of cases amongst the Kelly first team. But if you know anything about Kilmarnock, that's not really a surprise that there's been a cluster of cases there. Uh, it did ruin Sean's Friday night plans as he was due to travel to Ayrshire and report on the game, but he should be used to be he should be used to being let down by a Kilmarnock by this point in his life. That was gutting, man. I was so excited to get back to rugby <laughs> park. Like, like getting back to football is good enough, but to get to see your own team and I, I don't even know when the last time I would have been at rugby park because I get to more away games than home games mm-hmm. nowadays. So have you guys uh, been, have you guys been to any of the games behind closed doors, like in the press box? I was at um, Levy versus Aki's a couple of weeks ago. What was it like? Like, what was the whole kind of like experience like? What kind of things did you have to do? Walked in the door and you're getting your your temperature checked first thing, um, and then 
you go up and um, I was, I guess we are right now we're a bit further in the pecking order, so I didn't get a desk or that. I was at a, I was basically just a, a fan in a seat with my laptop on my lap. Um, so yeah, I was. You've been disrespected. Really we have hard. been disrespected. Um, so. Um, and apart from that, it's just like masks on, loads of sanitize, sanitizing stations and stuff like that. But it's just weird being able to properly hear what players are saying to each other and I've what been, the co- coaches uh, I've been really enjoying, like, like, on the SPFL YouTube account, they don't have, like, the added crowd noise, so you can hear mm. everything they say. Yeah. And, like, it was, I loved, I was watching the Rangers Ross County highlights today and just hearing the Ross County captains going ballistic at everything. <laughs> and the goalkeeper for not coming out for crosses and stuff like that, just screaming at them. I'm loving it. I can't Going wait to watch back. the old firm without fan without uh, crowd noise well, in a couple of weeks. This is um, this is breaking just as we speak. I've seen a rumor that the Celtic Rangers game is going to be in trouble of going yeah. ahead. Oh really? I've seen that as well. Because this this circuit breaker that's been mm-hmm. Sturgeon actually she she talked directly about it today. I'm just reading it right now about this possible circuit breaker that falls on the weekend of the old firm or the week of the old firm. Oh dear! Oh dear! Wow! Wow! Oh my God! Will be weird though. Yeah. Stop everything again. Having and the season's already congested enough. Like and the the lower leagues, Championship, League One, League Two, Lowland are about to just start Mm. this this weekend, next weekend. So do you just now have to reschedule all those games for the circuit breaker as well? It's going to be just another headache and a mental season. Absolutely. Uh, we'll, we'll start talking about some of the football that did go ahead then. Uh, I mean, we've got two Hibs fans on today's show, so we'd better start with uh, the green side of Edinburgh. Uh, Jack Ross's side, they picked up another win in this league campaign, running out as 3-2 winners over Hamilton at Easter Road. Gregor, Kevin Nisbet, he got himself two goals, one of which has been a very nice free kick, and has been in decent goal-scoring form throughout the season so mm-hmm. far. Do you reckon he was maybe a bit unlucky to miss out on a potential Scotland call-up, especially when, sc- when yeah. Ollie Burke's still making, a, <laughs> making up part yeah. of the squad? I personally thought it was a complete scandal, to be quite honest. I think he's going to be the next one. I think he's there. I mean, to be quite honest, I think knowing how Scotland squads usually go, somebody's going to pull out of the squads. It's probably <laughs> going to be a striker, and it's probably going to be McBurney. So if he does pull out, hypothetically, completely, then what better replacement, what better replacement have you got? But on on this bit, he has impressed me a lot. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I, I only saw him in handfuls because I had the Friday night games of the Championship, and I saw a couple of them. And he did impress me, but there was things like his touch, his movement, his pace, his strength. I was like, you know, he can score goals, but can he, I don't know, can he affect the play? And my God, I was wrong. He, This guy's overall game is unbelievable. I mean, I remember Canberry came in and I thought he was a good overall striker, but Nisbet's got everything to him. He's got a brilliant touch. He can spread the ball. I think he's got a few assists already this season. And especially with Dodge, who's kind of the foil for him. I, I don't think there's a better partnership. I mean, I don't know how many teams play a front two anyway, but mm-hmm. you know, I don't think there's a better front two in the league than that. I think well, I love about so his goals at the weekend. Oh. Was one's a header, one's a free kick. It's just showing the all-roundness of his game. Yeah, I think he's he's really a smart player as well. You see the way he presses the ball, his, his movement and stuff like that. You look at those goals in the, in the lower leagues, and I think you're sometimes inclined to think that they're probably they probably are just a goal scorer. Um, mm. But getting to watch Kevin as over this season, you see that, like you said, he's so much more than that. He is an all-round player, and I'd love to see him kick on and hopefully push for that Scotland squad. Because, as we've said many times on these podcasts before, we're not blessed with great strikers at the moment. So, I think the we, I think I think when you can tell that a team's having a good season, it's not just results, but if you go through every player in that team and go, he's played well, he's played well, he's having mm. a good season. 
And if I go, if I went from what I've, from every game I've watched, that entire hip start in eleven, I don't think a single player has been left wanting so far from that start mm-hmm. in eleven. Right through to Marciano with Nisbet and Dorridge, I think everybody's performed so far. Um, that's a very good indicator of what's going to happen. Uh, we'll, we'll look at the game itself and strewn uh, the defence. They were involved at both ends of the pitch. On one hand, uh, Paul Hamlin popped up with a decisive goal in the game. But on the other hand, Hibbs gave away two penalties and Portis scored an own goal after his attempted headed clearance went beyond uh, Marciano. Is it, a, is it still a work in progress at the back or are we just overlooking Hamilton slightly and this was a fair, a, just a bit of a bad day at the office for Hibs? Uh, I think it's a work in progress, but I think there has been a lot of improvements. Stevenson coming in again for Josh Doig. I wasn't too happy with that. I thought Doig's been fantastic, but mm-hmm. it's one of them ones. I think I think as well, just again, one goal, the, the two goals were a penalty and an own goal. Again, there's not many from open play, which I think is a massive improvement from last season. Oh, definitely, yeah. I mean, you, you, it was it was the one thing that we always talked about with you before uh, the Rangers game. You you always made a point of it anytime you conceded that it wasn't from open play. Yep. And then they, they went and <laughs> ruined think, that. Do you think the reason that Hibs um, are looking so strong is the fact they've now got Carabao running through their veins? <laughs> <laughs> there we go. There it's brought up Carabao energy drink sponsoring Hibernian. Wait, but the Hearts have just announced a deal with Carabao as well, though. They have. No. That's yeah. disgusting. No. The Carabao have gone for Heart, both. Heart of Middlebury Football Club is delighted to announce a new partnership with major global energy drink brand Carabao UK. Absolutely. <laughs> what, oh. what a plastic rivalry that is. Can never be Air Kelly, could it, Sean? It can never be Air Kelly because nobody <laughs> would want to sponsor any of it. Does it mean it's the Carabao Derby in the semi final? Oh. <laughs> That's maybe, so weird. Maybe they just wanted a team in the championship and one in the premiership. They both announced it at the same time as well. That's something fishy. Something mm. fishy going on there, I think. Well, we're going to see some yeah, excellent, me. excellent Carabao action uh, once once the semi final comes along. Just unbelievable scenes in the Carabao. It's going to be. <laughs> Arsenal have made the move for Thomas Party one minute ago. Oh, that- oh wow. I'm surprised oh. they didn't do it sooner, to be honest. They've, they've sent Guendouzi to Hertha. As I did see that. Wow, as of 12.50, Thomas Partey has been made a, mo- has been made a move for. That Is it official? Or? Um, well, it's a guy from uh, Football London, and they're really good for like the London teams. I mean, for Tottenham, they're like the first for everything. So. Right. Interesting. It's a shame we don't have a 24-hour rolling show today. Because yeah, we need like, to have one. <laughs> That'd be a concept. January, we'll work on that for January. Get the the deadline day show just running uh, right the way through. Who gets to do the honours of announcing Cavani as Man United's new number seven? <laughs> Does anyone really want that honour? Leave that to you, Tom. <laughs> yes! <laughs> Best year going striker to ever feature in the Premier League, probably, in it. Can't think of another one off the no, top of my head. No, can't think, can't think of one person who had one of the best individual seasons in Premier League history, no. Forlan wasn't that good. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Uh, Sean, as for Hamilton themselves, they went uh, bailed out by Hakima Dolphin this week, but are they going to be too upset with this result? I mean, they, they survived a lot of Hibs pressure in this one, but then potentially could have uh, ended up equalising and getting themselves a point from nothing had they scored their first penalty. Um, yeah, I saw a lot of Aki's fans really not happy with the um, team selection in this one. I think the idea for Aki should be and from what I saw at that game at Livingston was they should be uh, 
set the team up to get the most out of David Templeton because he's by far their their best creative spark. But they just uh, it's really passive again, really narrow as well. They don't play with much much width at all. Um, so I think Aki's will be st- thinking about getting points on the board. I mean, you can say that oh they scored two goals away to Hibs, but um, you do worry about the likes of them and St Mirren and St Johnson starting to maybe get a wee bit cut adrift from the other sides who look more capable of picking up a win on their day. So um, yeah, I don't think Aki's fans are too happy with Brian Rice at the moment. And speaking of St Johnson, they are uh, they of course uh, lost two 0 uh, home to Celtic Rangers as well. They beat Ross County two 0 uh, that mean, mean uh, should it go ahead? Both both teams are going into the the old farm, the first of the season, unbeaten, and with Celtic just uh, still with a game in hand, everything is still to play for in terms of the title race. Do we, is any anyone bold enough to chuck a prediction out for how we think a potential old farm could go this season? Based on what we've seen so far, Rangers are a better team than Celtic. Celtic have been rotten for most games mm-hmm. like they were on Sunday they were not good at all no, it was they weren't. so mm-hmm. slow uh, nothing exciting about the, and you knew it was going to happen it was inevitable that Celtic would score a late winner they always do and taking points off Celtic isn't for everyone this season clearly um, <laughs> but um, anytime you can mention it <laughs> absolutely um, and Rangers have looked pretty impressive and maybe in the last couple of weeks they've slowed down a wee bit I don't think it was as uh, sort of exciting against Ross County on Sunday but if you're looking solely at the basis of what we've seen this season, it should be fairly comfortable for Rangers, really. The thing for me is that no one has actually, apart from the Hibs game, no one's actually really tried to lay a finger on Rangers yet. And I don't mm. know, maybe they have tried and they're just finding it so difficult. But it feels like, it feels like especially at Ibrox, teams are consigned to losing and consigned to keeping that score mm. as much as they can. But I, I don't know, if Celtic do play with two up front and do have a right go at Rangers... I don't see why they couldn't. And I mean, Hibs had to go at Rangers and they got a draw. Hibs tried to try to go at Celtic. They opened up and they got absolutely battered. So mm-hmm. I think if a team like Rangers comes and really opens up to Celtic, I think that's when you're going to see the best of Celtic this season. See, for a lot of players in that Rangers team as well, it's most likely going to be, the, not not for most of them, just for a few of them, it's going to be their first ever old firm, which I don't know if that'll play a part in it as well, whereas I'd imagine most of the Celtic squad, minus Duffy, will probably be playing multiple. I just, just they, they know kind of what this game means and they know the kind of attitude and the performance you need to bring. Do you guys remember the player Diogo Laxalt, I believe it's pronounced, the Uruguayan left-back yes, from yes. the World Cup? Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. he's apparently going on loan to Celtic with an option of a 9 million buyout. 9 the million? Ooh, where are they getting if 9 million? Going to make that permanent. It's, it's, it's just a loan at the moment, but they can make it permanent if it goes ahead for next season. I'd oh, imagine yeah. they would... <clears throat> I don't know if he's naturally a left back or a left winger. I, th- I think or... he would be a left sided player in some capacity, if, if yep. I'm right. He'd probably suit the back three well then. Yeah, exactly. And mm. Greg Taylor's frustrated a lot of Celtic fans because um, I don't think that system really suits him. He's not. No. Yeah, the, I, th- yeah. I think mm-hmm. he's improved a lot at his time at Celtic in terms of going forward. I think he's got quite a few assists this season and I think he looks a lot better than I ever saw him at Kilmarnock in an attacking sense. But yes, he. Greg Taylor's more of a left back than a left wing yeah. back. Mm-hmm. Um, so getting a player like that who Celtic ninety five percent of the time are trying to break teams down, so um it sounds like a pretty good option for them and it's probably the last piece of the puzzle in terms of the starting eleven that you would say that probably uh, needs fixed. It's uh, just Gregor mentioned him there, Odson Edward. Are we expecting to still be around by the end of today? Are we, could someone yeah. come in with a yeah. big money move? I think he'll still be there. 
Some Celtic fans were saying that because Griffiths scored yesterday, Clamalla looks better, and Ayeti's obviously had a great start to the season, maybe it wouldn't be such a bad thing to lose Edward. And it's like, I know he's not been great, but that's still your best striker and mm-hmm. the best Arguably player the in the best league. In the league yeah. yeah, exactly. So, um, in, the, in this most important season, they shouldn't even be entertaining it. No, I, I did really like the way Clamalla just got straight back up from oh, that tackle class. yesterday. He almost just bounced off the ground oh, with one hand and then just yeah. went back for it. It was a really nice finish as well. I just I think that More is just going to be the the difference between Celtic and Rangers this season. It just seems any time that Celtic just play their worst, you just know there's going to be a goal eventually. You know yeah. they will find a breakthrough, and they've been able to hold out for long enough against somebody like St. Johnston, who I've only scored four goals this season, and are quite um, they're at risk of being cut adrift, as Sean said. But even still, like just to be able to hold it against them and then just eventually pop up with a goal, it's just what you need to do is grinding out results, isn't it? So, I would just do want this to go ahead, to be honest. I would I would much rather this uh, got past the circuit breaker and we just got it out of the way because I feel like the season's just been building up to it at this point, considering the... Uh, I imagine the fear, I imagine the fear is, well, one, it's a three o'clock kickoff, and that's usually quite late for an old firm. It's usually half 12. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Especially with fans, fans getting tanked up and stuff like that. And there's the fear that people are going to congregate together in house parties. Yeah and watch the game with their pals and there's a fear that pubs people aren't going to adhere social distancing especially if they score imagine the Loudoun Tavern social distancing <laughs> good luck with that Jesus air high fives across the Loudoun Tavern everybody just sitting, sitting more, calmly uh, in their seats some more Scottish football um, deadline day news Queen of the South have signed ex-Chelsea youth player I'm, I'm not kidding this is his name Norty Norty Oh, naughty, naughty. Another one! Like, do you know that guy was the meme? He was like, his name was a bit of a meme. He's mm-hmm. actually signed for Queen of the South, the guy. Wow. Amazing. Amazing. Got one to, one to look out for this season, the Championship. Uh, just before we get on to talking about uh, the Scottish Cup, uh, the Scottish League Cup and some Championship stuff, uh, just touch on Livingston quickly. Got themselves a big three points away at Tanadice with a uh, former United man, uh, Alan Forrest, scoring the 90th minute winner to snatch all three points from Dundee United. Uh, Sean, do you think we could see a turn in Livingston's fortunes? I mean, we spent a lot of time in the pre-season praising their recruitment and tipping them for a top six finish, but they've let us down up until this point. It could this, this be a turn in their season, do you reckon? Yeah, I was never really too worried about Livingston, even when they were uh, at the bottom of the table the last few weeks. I do think that they have a good enough setup, they are a good enough manager and backroom staff and talented enough players like we said good recruitment over the summer so I was always confident they would turn this round and they seem to have done that the last couple of weeks um, and it's funny that you talk about or we talk about Livy being a really physical side but if you look at that front four Forrest, Pittman, uh, Tiffany, uh, Scott Robinson mm. that's not there's no big striker up there it's not the same as last season with Lyndon Dykes so it's probably just taken a bit of adjustment Yeah, and um that back-to-back wins are in the top six and a lot of people were praising Mickey Mellon and Dundee United at the start of the season but it's kind of been a little role reversal there because their defending wasn't good at all in this game and I don't mm. think they it was only the, their, their goal was the only shot on target so um, a bit worrying from the home team It's a shame because I, I, I genuinely think our United started quite well this season I thought they were looking more likely of staying safe than perhaps uh, some others in the league who seemed, seemed to survive nuclear apocalypses and <laughs> Uh, relegation to every I am, year. I am, um, I am beginning to think Mickey Mellon's a wee bit of a, a passion merchant, though. Well, Duncan Ferguson. <laughs> yeah, kind of like that. Kind of like, you know, does he actually know what he's doing? The, you know, he talks the talk. 
It's hard to talk, yeah. I'm not sure. I mean, just the fact that a manager called Mickey Mellon shouting at me, I'd probably just laugh. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Mickey. It's a a proper cartoon name, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Mickey (laughs) Mellon. Mickey Mellon. Coming up on Disney Channel, eh? Uh, right, well, uh, close out the show. We'll have a look at some upcoming League Cup fixtures with the teams outside the Premiership playing their first competitive football since March. United are finally back, and <laughs> I'm, I'm celebrating it. And action away, <laughs> Albion Rovers, under the lights, proper football. Here we go. Uh, all, all it really means is that Sean's going to be following their results as closely as possible in order to yeah. make fun of, fun of me at any given opportunity. Well, Killian having to forfeit theirs apparently because they were not to field a team. So I might as well pay attention to to some other sides. And guarantee if we get through, we will hold that over you. <laughs> regardless of the situation. <laughs> Killian didn't get to play the first two games, but he still did better than us. I saw Albion Rovers play once last season. It was actually it was the, it was the final weekend before lockdown. They played Edinburgh City and they were they are the worst team I've seen in, in years. In years, I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. They're the worst team I've seen. They didn't have a shot on target. That, that, that makes it true. so much more pleasing when they beat you. Yeah, no, that, that is the thing. It's like, that may be true, but it's Air United at the end of the day and we know what we're like. I think they had a man sent off early, but genuinely, I don't think I've seen a worshipful performance in that. Ever. <laughs> ever. Uh, uh, Hearts are back in action, of course. They are playing uh, Inverness at Tynecastle and in potentially a decent game that's going to end up being. But any any others that people are looking out for in this in this first batch of fixtures or is it just those kind of bigger ones like that? Because I'm disappointed because um, I think, like most people, I just think Falkirk fans think they're really big time, but they're actually just a really small football club. Oh, and, they um, are, aren't they? And they're so annoying. <laughs> 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 we, were meant, we were meant to have them on Tuesday, I think, but obviously we need to see what, what happens uh, with that. Because I think there's a still a chance that Kelly may be able to field a, a youth team, which if we could beat Falkirk with a youth team, that'd be so pleasing. Oh, Mammy Ennis will get on the pitch. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to be on the pitch so, <laughs> to get up Falkirk because he's not played them since we beat them in the playoff final in 2016 they're just oh they're just a horrendous football club I think uh, I think they're big time they've got like two stands go away <laughs> that is really weird they've got two stands eh it's something really like you've got one off, it's something very Dumbarton about it I don't get I remember um, when uh, when was it it was I think it was when Lee McCulloch got sacked by Kelly and all the like Graham Spears and all that on Sportsman were saying if you had a choice between the Kelly job and the Falkirk job you would definitely take the Falkirk job <laughs> and they were in the they were struggling in the championship and we were in the prim- were bottom of the premiership and then Steve Clark comes in and we finished third and they get relegated to League One which is so pleasing you get a personal good... data. I hate you? Falkirk <laughs> thinking about the two stands they've got what is the strangest ground in Scotland I think Wraith is up there. The fact that the the East Stand is a train station. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's quite quite cliched, but when Aki's that one is a gazebo and the other one's a Sainsbury's warehouse, you can't argue that much, can you? I mean, the the entire club is built on a Morrison's car park. (laughs) (laughs) You can see that the chopping trolleys trolleys and that sitting next to the the pitch pitch side. I mean, I, I'd, I'd chuck uh, Airdrie in the, uh, the Excelsior just purely for its name. I've played there. You've, you've played there? Yeah, yeah. At the Excelsior? Youth Football Scotland, uh, <laughs> um, what's it called, Volun- Volunteers, something like that. What, Youth Football Scotland Cup 2016, I played right back. 
I got hooked at half time. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> Brilliant. I was, awful. I was really bad. It was really bad. That is a big question. The, not the strangest ground in Scotland. I think Dumbarton have got, I mean, they've got one stand. Uh, just a one stand. And it's not like they're like a League Two club. I mean, they've been in the Championship Club for a while. It's not good enough. It really isn't. Air <laughs> have only got the one stand. And other, and we've got two. Uh, Sta- we've got three standing sections and two of them are just under. You know, Somerset's Somerset's meant to be a, it's on my bucket list. It's meant to be a good away day I've heard. Uh, Somerset's alright to be fair. Uh, I, I, I have been told. I, I'd back it. To the, uh, where would you be? I, away is just uh, a big standard section underneath a uh, bomb shelter metal to be honest just to give it that oh, were feel so. <laughs> Hibs are in the cup then? Is that what we're saying the draw? Well just another Craig McGuffey moment. I <laughs> Scoring from 35 yards. Would take it to be fair. Went to school with him as well, just name dropping, just casual. <laughs> Is it Morton now? No S- kill. Scott McGenna. Scott McKenna tried to kill John McGinn in that game. <laughs> so he did, yeah, didn't he? They tried to like, behead him. I was at the game. I always, always forget that Scott McKenna played for air for a bit in the, in the league. Aye, that one was weird, wasn't it? Did, did he even look good at air? No. Because he, he didn't look good in that game. <laughs> Gregor, to be fair, he not many good. do. Aye, he's not looking good at Aberdeen either, so there you go. <laughs> now he's him and Joe Waddle and Nottingham Forest together. Well, they lost Aye, again at so the weekend to Bristol. <laughs> Something fishy about that, isn't it? Yeah, an He's also with Tyler Blackett. Do you remember him? Ah, from Man United. My brother Van Halen was gone, and then he went to Celtic on loan for a season. So have they got a back three of Tyler Blackett, Scott McKenna, and Joe Worrell? Oh, Cyrus Christie at right back. And, and they've lost every game, and you and you wonder why. Nottingham Forest have two European Cups. What's going on? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> they've been signed to the fact that McKenna, Worrell, and Blackett. Wow. Harry Arter and Joe, Jack Cole back in the midfield as well. What, That's embarrassing. Abby Obi's still there, is he not? Mm. I think so. They've also got that Lyle Taylor from Charlton. I think he went there, didn't he? Why did Lyle Taylor. Wow. I thought I he, he was quite I, good at Charlton, was he not? I think so. I thought he was going he to Southwick or Rangers this summer. He didn't play after the restart, though. I think it made it a free track. Mm. The same sort of situation as Ryan Fraser. Oh, right, okay. To play. And Cavani. And he's got some horrendous view, views on, on Twitter and that, so. Politics, um, yeah. yeah. I, oh, I didn't know that, guy. actually. Yeah. Uh, moving on from dodgy guys, we'll keep keep it in keep it in line with Steve Clark in Scotland. Uh, they're playing on Thursday, and I'd imagine we're probably going to go into uh, greater depth about uh, the game on extra time on Thursday. But I want to touch on it here as well. I mean, have we got any hope? It, it's Scotland, so I mean, no. Do you, know, do you know how earlier on we spoke about our happiest moments in football? See, when we qualify for the Euros, is this going to be up there for us? <laughs> That's what I mean, though. First in my um, lifetime. Yeah, first in our lifetime. I said it in the group chat, I've got no time for non-positive vibes about this. We're two games away from the Euros. Yes. I, I know the, the squad don't in, inspire much hope, but I just think if it's gotten that there can't be a pack, like a sold-out Hamden, I was hoping to go to that game. I had a ticket, and obviously oh, you can't go. Right so I think you've, you've just got to be positive about this and just try and... Because like how many ch- chances have we had to be this close to the Euros before? Because it's always qualifying campaigns where we never have a hope. The fact that we're two one-off games away from getting to a major tournament for the first time in most of our lives is just massively exciting. So I'm just being positive. The heartbreak will be more when we do get beaten in the semi-final against Israel. But <laughs> do, you know, do, do you know what I quite like about international games? Is that mostly like with your pals and your groups and stuff, you're all in the same boat with it? That's what, exactly. Cause it's we, so either we all suffer or we're all... Yeah. Scottish football especially is so divisive. Like We all argue, we all wind yeah. each other up. So the fact yeah. that oh, for a couple of hours on Thursday we'll all be willing for the same team of players to 
actually achieve something that we've not seen before will be... Now, that's the one uh, thing I don't like about Scotland, is having to support the same thing as everyone else. (laughs) (laughs) I like like the divide. Greg an England fan. (laughs) (laughs) I like like the divide, you know? I I don't like having to, like, be the same as everyone else. I, just, I like it for a wee change. For a wee change. I, I want my football. I want my pals to be miserable about football. I can't like. I can't hide it. <laughs> I don't like sharing the glory. <laughs> so you're just happy for Scotland to continue like like tank it out at tournaments because it means that other people are happy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. Ask me. I don't care. <laughs> This, this is a man who's gone through so many Scotland heartbreaks in his, in his life, he's genuinely just concerned to the fact that they will continue. <laughs> Speaking of that, there was a really, there was a really like, awkward moment. It was, a, it was a, last season, I was doing a press conference, and um, there was like five of us in a room in Stevie Naismith, and they were talking about Scotland, and they were like, even, I think they were just talking about like qualifying for a tournament, and they was like, looking around like, oh, I don't know what age you all were when we were last at the World Cup, and I'm just sitting like... <laughs> what, I wasn't wasn't alive, Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> I just didn't want to say anything. That would have been. It is just ridiculous to think that none of us have ever seen Scotland at a major tournament in our lifetime. Well, we're two games away, so be positive. Yeah, we're almost hopefully, there. Um, hopefully, we can sign someone on deadline day for Scotland. Today. Yeah, no, that'd be good. Do you think um, we can get one of the English right backs? One of them's got some kind of Scottish <laughs> heritage. We'll trade a left back for a right back. We'll take great. Reece James just got called up, so. For England. Well, there's our hope gone. Can we, trade them, can we swap deal for Greg Taylor, just so we're getting a left back yeah, off our Greg, boots? Greg Taylor's <laughs> surplus to requirements. I mean, I love the boy, but... but know, <laughs> Aaron, Aaron Hickey's boss in Italy, exactly. so I mean, he's going to come through and take his place, hasn't he? Yeah, three's do, you know, do, you know who, um, do you know what excites me about the end of the transfer window? Is no more Romano. No more Romano for a while. Do you not he like has, him? He has gained a million I'm followers from this Jane Sancho oh, thing. What? It is true. You can't even move scoring. for a Fabrizio Romano tweet. Had about 600, 500k followers at the start of it. He's now got 2 million. Unbelievable. Been, His, he has been scoring tappins all summer. Yeah, tappins. He's just been like jumping. Do you know what's, you know what's quite mental? He's just been jumping on like the, the coattail of everyone else. As soon as a transfer deal's done, he's like... Do you know what else I hate that he does? The here we go. Uh, you know, he goes, Cavani to Man United. Total agreement. <laughs> total agreement. Total agreement. Total agreement. As if it's not a, a partial agreement. Like, the transfer can pump only a bit. What's quite interesting is about United is it was Talk Sport who broke Cavani and the Alex Tellers transfer to United. And then Romano did the here we go confirm stuff that he does. No, that's what he's done all summer. He's done. He's, a, he's just he, he sold United fans a dream though at the start of August with all oh, United would advance negotiations with Jaden Sancho. Is, that, is this how we're ending the ending the show? We're, call, we're calling <laughs> Romano out for being a fraud. <laughs> no, he's, he's, he is like the top tier transfer. Ah, quality, though, to be I fair. remember when like I remember in the Bale saga, he was like um, he was like uh, Bale to Man United. There's big problems. Um, it could still happen, but uh, Real Madrid want to pay all the wages. Tottenham aren't willing to do that. Some complications ahead. And five minutes later, he's like, "Be able to talk them. Here we go." <laughs> <laughs> that was quick, you know. Oh, that that can happen in football, though. Just very, very quick turnarounds and negotiations and things. So, total agreement. Total agreement. <laughs> We're allowed to slag Romano because he's not part of the Athletic. In that, oh, we are. Pass, yeah, so. uh-huh, oh, because, because we're friends with them now. Yep, exactly. so. David Ornstein is the is the true. <laughs> exactly. David Ornstein. We, we love we love like David Ornstein, don't we? I think Romano's a matter of time though, isn't it? To Athletic. Yeah, <laughs> Romano to Athletic, here we go. Because <laughs> he's going to do that, isn't he? He's going to do that. Oh, he's going to... It's like uh, social media folk on um, 
on Twitter announcing themselves, isn't it? Like, to a club. Yeah. <laughs> Romano's going to do the same for uh, going it's to... It's going to be like that um, Cavi solid call, like trying to be all like banter on Twitter and stuff. It's dirty work. Dirty work. Well, that, that brings uh, this uh, episode of the Football Roundup to an end. Uh, make sure to subscribe to Energy Sports Podcast feed wherever you get yours and follow us over on Twitter at ENRG Sport to keep up to date with all of our sports content. Thank you very much to Struan, Sean and Gregor for joining me today. Be sure to check out Energy Extra Time later in the week where we'll discuss that Scotland game in more depth. But until then, I've been Jack Donnelly. This has been the Football Roundup. Thank you very much for listening and we will see you next time.